the King. Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the King. I am your host, Anne Gripper, and I have another new friend with me this week. Russell is still getting his back straightened out so we're hoping he's you know nearly upright and will be back with us before too long um probably a couple more weeks so get well soon russell but delighted to have emily ferguson with us today emily welcome to the show pleasure to be here so really lovely to see you you are digital royal editor at the express yeah that's right so great to have you with us um lots to chat about this week and so we're going to start off this week with the, the new new news um uh, william and kate are away out and about in for a royal wedding Yep, so they arrived in Amman last night uh, ready for the royal wedding, which is going to see Crown Prince Hussein marry Saudi architect Raja Al-Sif at Zarain Palace. This is the same venue that was chosen by the prince's father, King Abdullah II, and his grandfather, the late King Hussein. So there's going to be loads of guests there, so including US First Lady Jill Biden and the King and Queen of the Netherlands. And the actual wedding itself is going to take place in the palace garden, surrounded by the guests. And the whole country is kind of stood still for this um, massive event. So um, it's national holiday on the Thursday and events are going to be held in all 12 of Jordan's governorates to allow citizens to share in the festivities. So it's going to be a really, really big occasion. So yeah, I think it's like 140 guests at the, uh, the the garden wedding. Garden wedding sounds rather nice. Yeah, it does sound nice. And, uh, and then I think 1,700 guests for the slightly less modest reception. So um, that sounds really good. And we, we um, it was meant to be all sort of under wraps until William and Kate arrived, but you can't really keep anything under wraps these days, can no, you? it was caught on Instagram. I think people were putting photos of Will and Kate at their hotel, like, oh my gosh, look at them, they've arrived. And the Kensington Palace had to be like, you know what, well, we can't keep this embargoed anymore, report on it. So. Pract- practical, so yeah, nice five-star uh, hotel. I thought they did look quite uh, matchy-matchy, his and her sort of uh, bla- blazer and shirt combo. It was, uh, it was quite nice. And um, I guess appropriate that it's William and Kate going to represent the royal family um, at this event, given the sort of the generation, I guess, matches. Yeah, definitely. And like Kate and William, they're always glamorous. They always get that little bit of attention, don't they? So I think, yeah, it's it's nice and fitting. And I guess it's also, you know, the William is now fulfilling, I guess, the role that his father did, which is going out and representing as the as the next in line in, in his father's place in the same way that um charles stood in for the queen nice for william and kate to have a little um romantic breakaway as yeah. well without the children um at the end of half term and going back to a, spa- a place that um the middletons have got special links with as well um kate spent time living out there with her family when her dad was working for british airways and um and he was posted out there and uh, they went on a family, well, William and Kate and the children all went on a family holiday, I think it was 2018 maybe, and um, and shared, a, a lo- well, maybe 2019, uh, shared a lovely photo from their, for, as their Christmas cards. That was how it sort of came out that they had been there. I haven't been to Jordan. I think no. it's on my wish list. It's meant to be really lovely. So. Yeah, it does look very glamorous and nice over there. So yes, hopefully William and Kate will have a lovely time out there. Um, there are a couple of events that happened sort of Back end of last week, after we'd recorded the show, I think um, Kate was in the middle of her uh, her kinship event when we were recording, and that seems like a really sort of nice event and shedding light on quite an important, not always spoken about issue. Like I hadn't realised that there were more children who are looked after by um, essentially like a family member who is not one of their parents mm-hmm. than are in care. 
Yeah, it seems quite shocking that, isn't it? Because Kate spoke about it. And I think the statistic is 162,000 children are raised in kinship care. So kinship care is being raised by, a, as you said, a, a relative or a friend. And that's just shocking. And it's all part of Kate's mission, isn't it? Raising awareness of childhood and different aspects of childhood. So she started off uh, by going to the Foundling Museum, where she heard about people's experiences in the care sector. She spoke about people who've gone through the whole system and people that and children that are currently in it. And then later on, she went to the Kinship Carers one. And yeah, it's it's very interesting. It's not really spoken of, um, of children being raised by a relative or a friend. I mean, Professor Green was there, um, the rapper who is one of the champions for Kate's Shaping Us campaign. So they have got a link already. And he was raised by his grand uh, grandmother. So Nanny that's... Pat. Yeah. So it was nice for him to get involved and to show that it is, it is a normal thing. It, it does happen quite a lot. And Kate is very good at that, bringing awareness to these kind of things. Yeah, and it's something that the royals, you know, the, any of the charity um, patrons or exec charity executives that we speak to when we've spoken to them about the royal patronages, like it does just give that extra, you know, spotlight on the work they do. And it's important. So whether they're, you know, whether they're a big charity or something that's smaller and, and less heard of. In fact, this, so the CEO, Lucy Peake, on, um, Dr. Lucy Peake on Twitter was saying about how they had seen a big surge in people getting in touch with them you know that it's an organization that exists to offer support to mm -hmm. the people who need it but people you know a lot of people probably in those situations before were thinking they were sort of quite alone maybe yeah, and, isolated. and didn't know that this organization existed to be able to network them with other people in a similar situation and to an organization that could provide its own support so Hopefully that's going to be a really um, have been a really valuable visit and sounds yeah. like it already has been. And Professor Green said as well, his his grandmother, kinship carers wasn't around when he was being brought up. And he said that would have been a great support for his grandmother at the time. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see um, where else Kate, you know, where she reflects that um, that spotlight next. Um, one area where the royals have sort of had an ongoing um, relationship and ongoing sort of interest in supporting the community or I guess showing the community that they care is in um, Grenfell so West London where there was that awful fire mm -hmm. um, and so many people died and you know really shocking tragedy um, you know it, it's still sort of unthinkable that it happened and it was you know it was right on sort of William and Kate's doorstep yeah. really um, in Kensington area um so prince william met went to it was a it was a meeting with the local football club who were also very much embedded in that community and have been involved in that community support queen's park rangers mm -hmm. um sometimes i mean it might be fair to say actually their community work is rather better than their football team <laughs> currently <laughs> they're not they've not been uh, flying the heady heights that west ham have been uh, have been scaling recently but they do a lot of a lot of good work in the community and william was there to sort of hear about hear about that and um see the community see see what they've been doing there yeah definitely he he went down there on friday and he chatted with the survivors and discussed really how the football club has helped over the past six years because obviously on the day the fire happened the club sent a mini bus full of clothing water bottles blankets they immediately from the off were like we, we need to help with this situation and William just had really just frank and honest conversations with some of the survivors and their relatives. And he asked, actually, which I thought was a really interesting question, has all the publicity around Grenfell, does that help you or does that not? Because 
it's it's really hard for them to kind of get away from what happened because everyone knows knows Grenfell they know the Grenfell fire and um William actually said that he was worried that the closure seems a long way off for them and uh, I suppose that is true the public inquiry still hasn't finished I mean we're six we'll be six years on on the 14th and and the inquiry is still ongoing so it must be really hard for them to get some kind of closure and I think William is very good at tapping into that and understanding how that must affect people I guess because he's got his own you know that everyone still talks about his mother and it's turning that he he seems to have turned that into a positive thing or a, it feels to him as a positive thing and it's about keeping her memory alive yeah. rather than it being sort of an, uh, keeping you know rubbing against a wound so much and I guess that's but it it must be you know or anything like that where you've had such a, a tragedy which is not just yours it's kind of other people everyone everyone's it's it's a different kind of a challenge I think it's interesting thinking about um football clubs I think I've probably mentioned this before that in some ways they are sort of like what the royal family do they do have that ability to provide you know I mean this was hugely practical support Mm -hmm. rather than just um you know I don't know publicity or raising awareness of a situation but the you know the royal family we talked about it with Kate being able to raise awareness about things football and football clubs again have that platform but possibly slightly more deeply rooted in the community sometimes but I wonder whether you know for William and other royals when they meet those football clubs that there is that kind of I don't know connection and we're kind of trying to do the same thing yeah and as well just speaking about uh, QPR they didn't just provide practical support they do provide like mental health support and um, personal development and stuff like they're doing a lot more as well like throughout the six years they haven't just provided that practical support they've they've been really there for their community they're a great club. I used to go um, when I was a football reporter. I used to go there quite a lot. It's a very, uh, it's a very fun place to go. There's a great atmosphere walking to the ground at Loftus Road on a, on a Saturday. Um, so, whatever the team is doing on the on the pitches, it is well worth a visit. And it's slightly easier probably to get tickets there than um, for Premier League games. Should you be in London and wanting to uh, experience a bit of football? Um, on the football front, I was checking our um, Twitter messages and found we'd missed one from a while back. So huge apologies, Patricia. You can tell how long it's her go it was from because it says, Hi Zoe and Russell. So I think it was early March. She said, I had to write in because of today's episode to remind you that the Lionesses are playing in the World Cup in Australia this summer. So the Lionesses is the England women's football team, if you don't know. If I had a vote, it would be to send the entire family down under to cheer them on. Since Prince William is the president of the FA, I almost cannot believe he hasn't booked his ticket yet. The ladies have a very high chance of winning the whole tournament. Can we start a campaign to get the Wales family on a tour and enjoy the tournament in one trip. I mean, I'm sure Russell would be very much down with this game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, please. I would like to go to Australia and watch the football with Prince William and the family. That sounds fantastic. Um, what do you reckon? Do you reckon it might happen? I don't know. There have been rumours of an Australia trip, so maybe it could coincide with the Euros. That would be great. World Cup. World Cup. Sorry, World Cup. we just had the Euros, didn't we? We did. We'd, we won them. We did. And William went down for the final for that, didn't he? Yeah. And then there was all the famous photos of him hugging the players and congratulations. That was a really nice moment. Um, and yeah, he, so he's he's clearly keeping an eye on what's happening. He did tweet. I don't know at what stage it was. I mean, he might have been waiting in departures before his flight to uh, Jordan. I can't remember what, exactly the timeline of things. But an exciting summer ahead for a team that's already achieved so much and inspired so many. Congratulations to every member of the Lionesses squad and good luck. Because the squad was announced earlier this week mm-hmm. um and 
William is going to the FA Cup final this weekend as well. Yes, that was literally just announced earlier, wasn't it? So he's going to watch uh, Manchester United face uh, Man City and he's going to present the trophy afterwards. So, yeah, who knows? He could go to us. Always a fun one. And um, also, I thought it was really lovely, actually, that when he gets his sort of football fan moments out and responds to something that's going on on uh, Aston Villa. So um, Ashley Young, who's, uh, you know, oh, back when I was being a football reporter, he was one of the young and up and coming things. And now he's like <laughs> towards the end of towards the end of his career. And so, um, it's like, you know, saying, Ash, thank you for the memories, retweeting this sort of the tribute film from uh, from the Aston Villa thing. So I thought that was that was very, very sweet. So both of those football tweets were signed off with the W, which yeah. we know it's like William's like, yes, I want to send this message. Oh, I think, I can't remember who it was. There was someone back a while back, sort of, or maybe it was, maybe it was just me and Russell, which was just like imagining that William trying to get hold of the social media phone of his, uh, <laughs> yeah. of his helpers when he's wanting to watch the football and just be part of the, you know, the football, the football Twitters. And um, on the on the sporting front, there's the Rugby World Cup to look forward to as well, which is always good for rivalry because you've got patronages of both. Um, so Wales, yeah. uh, which is Williams and Kate has now got the relationship with England, I think, yeah. since Prince Harry left. You've got uh, Princess Anne, who's a big fan of Scotland. So uh, and and the tournament's only just over in France. So, I mean, again, Russell would probably be, yes, please. Yeah. Let's go. Let's <laughs> go to up. the World Cup. Although probably not quite such a long trip as Australia. So maybe slightly less appealing, although possibly better for his back. <laughs> anyway, Russell, you're here with us. We're thinking of you even when you're not here. Little ghost. Um so, well, that's William and Kate. And yeah, we hope to have a nice little little break without the children. And um, I'm plenty to come back to. And uh, I mean, I, I would imagine George might be pestering to go to go to Wembley to watch, uh, watch yeah, the I Manchester Derby. Yeah, I imagine we might see, we might see a little appearance on Saturday. So, uh, so yeah, who, who knows? We shall look forward to seeing who turns up at Wembley. Um, so what else has been going on? The King, I mean, it, it was very striking, all those pictures of the sailors pulling the queen's coffin Mm -hmm. like extraordinary in the funeral last year and then um so they they were among the people who were received medals in the demise honors so they've been given the royal victorian order or the royal victorian medal bracket silver um for their contribution to the funeral but again there was a uh, an interesting photo moment for an unusual reason. Yeah, so um, one of one of the sailors was a pregnant woman. She uh, was seven months pregnant and she stood there um, when she was getting her medal from the king in a blue dress because the Royal Navy don't do maternity wear. And uh, the king actually had like a nice little conversation with her. It was, uh, it was quite sweet. He obviously noticed that she was in her civvies and said, oh, oh, uh, you're, you're pregnant. You, how, are you, how are you standing the heat? <laughs> And she was like, oh, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm pregnant. I'm, I'm due at the end of the July. I go on maternity leave in June. And yeah, they, it seemed like they had a nice little interaction there. Yeah, I think she was given permission to not have to stand through the whole thing as yeah, well. Yeah, she had which a little is, seat, didn't she? Which is, you know, I think, again, it's like it's great how far, you know, different different bits of the world have come and the, the military and that actually now we need to have ceremonial uniforms for, for pregnant ladies yeah. although possibly not the best use of like money and things because I mean it's bad enough having, having to buy maternity clothes just for <laughs> normal things when you're only going to get to wear them a few times but um, yes we wish uh, medical assistant Paisley Chambers-Smith all the very best and um, I don't know and 
Char- could be a Charlie, could be an Elizabeth, who knows? Or yeah. something something entirely different. But anyway, good luck um, for the coming weeks. And um, yeah, Charles and Camilla, they were out in... Um, in Northern Ireland last week, weren't they? Were yeah, there any were. moments any moments from that visit that stood out for you? Yeah, so I, I did really like the Thursday they went to a, a market which was a celebration of culture and Charles looked so dapper. He wore these sunglasses and they just, I just made him look so normal. I thought it was great. I was, I was in the office. I was like, guys, Charles is wearing sunglasses. Look how great he looks. And um, I actually put it on Twitter and everyone was like, wow, he looks great. Like, yeah, I really did enjoy that moment. Um, yeah. I think I think um, Zoe was quite into the sunglasses, or J- Jen was quite into the sunglasses. Well. I didn't quite I didn't quite get it, but I, I enjoyed him drinking very carefully his little tot of cider and sort of tasting it and looking, ve- you know, very concentrating on that moment to appreciate this um, this tot of cider. And it reminded me, I think it was last October when I was in a, a place in the Cotswolds called Chipping Camden, which is very nice, nice little sort of market town, and it was obviously not that long after. Charles had acceded to the throne after his um, after his mother's death, and they dug out some like old coverage of when he had visited. I mean, I think probably in the 1970s or something, uh, like long, long ago when he was Prince of Wales and had tried the coffee. And I think he'd said something like, well, that goes like a rocket or, you know, something's <laughs> got a kick. Um, sort of this, uh, so I just thought it's interesting. You know, those little moments do stick with people and are are meaningful so i just think that's that's really interesting um but yeah so they've done they've done that bit a lot more um uh engagements to come for charles and for queen camilla i am sure but first a little break in transylvania which is i mean i don't know there's always something funny about transylvania isn't (laughs) (laughs) i don't even know what it is is it the name i don't know it's just I think maybe it's Count Ducula, which was a classic children's yeah. cartoon when I was little, which is plays on for see on the Dracula Dracula um, legends. But uh, yeah, it does reading about why Charles likes it. I, I can totally understand. It sounds thoroughly delightful. Yeah, it does sound like a nice break from reality, really, isn't it? I mean, his house there, it's got no Wi-Fi, it's got no TV, so he's literally just going to be alone in the elements because obviously he's not he's not going with Camilla, and he's going to go on some hikes, do some painting. Well, this sounds quite nice. Yep, wildflower meadows, reading. Yes, yeah, in the Carpathian Mountains. So maybe one for the for the holiday list this year. Um, it's your first your first recording with us. So I can't I can't you go. At some stage, I'll stop talking about the coronation, <laughs> but I think I should probably ask you whether what's your sort of abiding memory, or the, what do you think the thing is that will stick with you from from it all? So I think well, I was there, so I was on Queen Victoria Monument, just opposite the palace. So I saw the moments of the carriage ride. Obviously, that was fantastic. Uh, I mean, the carriage, the gold carriage. I mean, it is so striking. It's so bright. It's so gold. Maybe it stood out that little bit more because it was such a grey and dreary day. But yeah, that hit me. But also, I think. My favourite moment from the whole day was the balcony. It was just incredible. All the crowds surrounding, them coming out onto the balcony, the roars from the crowd, the the chants of God save the king. It was it was really moving. I think I had goosebumps. It was it was really amazing. So how well can you see them on the balcony? They are just little figures, but I could see a little Prince Louis dancing. You can see those moments. You can't see them very clearly, but you know they're there. You can pick. Like I, I could go through each of the royal family and where they were where they were stood. Um, so yeah. So if you're thinking about uh, whether it whether it is worth, 
you know, trying to get in there and try to see the balcony, the answer is yes. Definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. Okay. Well, Emily, lovely to have you with us this week. Next week, I'm going to try and catch up with Jilly Beatty, who longtime listeners may remember we talked previously about the Royals' relationship with Ireland. And then given that Charles has been back over to Northern Ireland, I thought it was worth a revisit. We've been talking a bit um, about the sort of what may or may not happen in you know Canada, Australia, the Caribbean and other places where um, Charles is king. Um, but we haven't spoken really yet about how Northern Ireland and Scotland and Wales are feeling about things. So I'm going to start that hopefully next week with Jilly. But um, Emily, look forward to speaking to you again before too long, I'm sure. Thank you for joining us this week. Thanks for having me. And until next time. Pod save the king.